Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. My name is Nathan. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. It has been since uh, before the pandemic started, since last time I, w- I was up here in front. I've been part of Westside for, for 10 years, and I, I love to have the, uh, the occasional uh, chance to come up and, and teach. And uh, we're in this really cool series called Transformed for Good, where we're looking at Romans 8, which is a really important passage in Scripture, where Paul um, talks about how God... Uh, is transforming us, how God changes us. Uh, um, And um, I think that uh, uh, it's a passage that could do a a lot of good uh, for wherever you're at in your spiritual walk. If you're brand new as a Christian or if you've been walking for a very long time, digging into this this passage is is just ultimately really, really good for uh, for all of us. Um, As my uh, prep for this uh, passage started, I got a lot of potentially silly uh, examples. Um, I'm not particularly scientific or um, musical, or I have a lot of different stories today that might not, I might not pull it off as I, as I go to explain these different examples. So bear with me, uh, be, hopefully be patient, uh, but I'm, I'm just really happy that we're all here uh, and that we can, uh, we can look at this passage together. And uh, it was read earlier, but um, as you can tell, uh, the first thing I brought up here is this, this beautiful plant here. This is a spider plant um, that uh, grows. Like, it, it's in, insane how quickly these grow. If you have one of these in your house, it won't be long until you have two or three or four. Um, you can place them pretty much anywhere, and they just can't kind of just grow. Um, plants are, are kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you've, you've spent time looking at plants before, but, um, like, where does all this come from? I mean, like you, you have all these, these big leaves and they, they, they seem to just sprout out of nowhere and, and you spend a couple of days away and you come back and you, as long as you water them occasionally, they, there's more and more. And, and it's not like you need to add dirt. Like the dirt doesn't become the leaves. And for the kids in, 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 the, in the congregation this morning or watching at home, um, maybe you, you don't know really how this works, but it, it's really interesting. It's like um, these... This this this, uh, this plant here, this this leaf, is 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 literally pulled out of the air. Plants um, pull something called carbon out of the air. I made a little a di- uh, little diagram here that you guys can see. So you, this is my my uh, my, my science teacher side sidebar that I'm starting with here. So there's there's CO2 in the air um, that we're breathing out as we, despite the mask, even you, it's coming out of your body. Um, the plant will, will suck it out of the air and uh, release oxygen. And uh, oxygen, the little symbol for that is O2. So the C at the beginning kind of gets stuck in the plant. And if we're talking about what this is made of, what this plant is made of, it's made of carbon, what the C stands for. This is a one big carbon vacuum. Um, and plants are kind of neat that way. They kind of... Like, we'll suck carbon out of the air, and then if you're asking what this is made of, it's made of carbon. Now, the trees, the big, massive, chunky things that that are really, really hard and you don't want to walk into, are also made of carbon. You and I, also, as we eat plants and other things that eat plants, um, are also made of carbon. If you look at the makeup of our body, the very same thing that we find in the plants, the very same element that we find in the plants, is also in human beings. 
You take plants, you let them die and compress them over time and, 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 uh, and uh, pressure. You end up with oil that we can use to fuel cars or rocket ships. Um, carbon, same thing. Very same thing. Um, you go camping this summer and you're, you're hungry, you're looking for warmth. You put logs in fi on fire, in fire, and heat, carbon, burning, burning off. This stage was once sucked out of the air by a plant that just wanted to make more plant. And that, it's kind of, it's impressive, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, the passage uh, that I'm speaking today has three verses. And the first one, I'm going to actually start with the last verse, verse 11. And I'm going to read it again. And it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And I was talking about the plant and how carbon is the very same thing. We find lots of, lots of elements. The idea I want you guys to start with as we look at this passage is the very same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is a spirit that's living in you. The very same spirit, the spirit of God who rose us from the dead is in, in you at this moment. Now, you might not be familiar with the story. Jesus came to earth. Uh, he lived a perfect life, empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit that he received, that came upon him at his baptism, um, and that uh, he lived his life in, in the Holy Spirit, uh, with the Holy Spirit, and lived a perfect life and was, was crucified and killed. And on the third day, God the Father, through his power, rose Jesus from the dead, uh, all in the Holy Spirit. And from that point, um, he, Jesus sent out the church empowered by the Holy Spirit that absolutely transformed the world. And we've read this story in our scriptures. We read this story in our book. But I don't think we often realize that it's that very same spirit, the spirit that changed the world that is in you and I today. It's a, it's a big realization The carbon of our spiritual lives is the Holy Spirit. I wrote this up, and I want you guys to read it. I'll put it on the screen here. Our spiritual lives are built of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also raise you. It's a really big idea. And... Um, I think that we underestimate how important this building block is. And I also think that we don't quite understand necessarily what, what the idea of will raise us means. Um, if you missed the last weeks, go back and watch them. Uh, Chris did a really good job last week of talking about the dichotomy of, of, of living in the spirit and living in the flesh. Um, and and um, David started the series about talking about condemnation and how that, that affects us. Um, but, but we need to understand what we're raised from. Raised for what? Um, there's a, a premise that I think that a lot of us don't quite necessarily always understand, is that outside of Jesus, our, um, our spiritual lives are dead. 
And uh, if you read Romans 7 and Romans 8, Paul kind of describes this and describes this feeling of deadness, the spiritual uh, fragility that some of us feel. And uh, if you go to your Bibles, if you have it with you, if not, it'll, it'll be on the screen as well. If you look at Romans 7, you can look at a little bit what, he, what he's talking about. So, so Paul, Paul describes this kind of, of life that, that maybe you guys will, will feel yourselves um, connecting with. It says, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. There are lots of verbs in that sentence. Um, but I think it's something that we've all kind of struggled, struggled with. Like we've, we want to be, you know, for the kids in the group here, we want to be good to our siblings or obedient to our parents. We really do want to be good that way. But so for some reason, I keep doing the opposite thing that gets, them, gets on their nerves. Or I want to be uh, a certain kind of employee to my boss. Or I want to be um, honest to my friends. Or good to my body through exercise or good eating. Or I want to be uh, kind to my neighbors or loving to the people around me. And no matter what this good is that I'm aiming for, for some reason, the things I don't want to do, the things I hate, I end up doing instead. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm unable to do the good that, I'm, that I want to do. It's an, it's an experience that I think that a lot of us uh, can associate with. Um, and, and there's a lot of, uh, of literature and self-help books and things that, that kind of encourage us to, to, to try to overcome these things that we seemingly, seemingly can't change. But why can't I do the things that are good? Well, the Bible says that we're dead to sin. That, that the, the realm of the flesh uh, is the one that, that, that we're stuck under until Jesus comes into our life and transforms us. Outside of the Holy Spirit, we're unable to do the good that we want to do. We can do some good, but we always tend to fall back on uh, the stuff we don't want to do, the kind of life that we're not wanting, that we're not aiming for. Um, and if you look in, in, in the, one of the verses, it talks about what realm we're part of. Now, realm, um, realm is a word we don't use very often. It's very medieval in terms, like, I am in the realm of Belrovia. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. We don't talk like that anymore. I'm not saying I'm in the realm of Lego. We don't, we don't speak that way. Um, a realm is a, a, a term for a kingdom where there's a king who's in charge. Um, we don't live in a kingdom, so we don't necessarily know what that, that's like. But I'm assuming that if we did live in a kingdom, a king would have the power to give us orders and boss us around in a certain way. Um, my kids are clearly in the realm of Nathan Watley. <laughs> I have given them the orders and they will listen. No, that's, that's partially true. <laughs> my, my son's saying no with his head at the moment. Um, but, but we don't have like very many, many modern equivalents to the word realm. Um, I, I was thinking, preparing this, and again, I'm not a super expert on sports either. I haven't done very many, but uh, I'm assuming that, that, uh, that uh, for like a professional hockey team or football team or basketball team, uh, a coach sort of has that kind of power, that realm power, like he kind of decides when players show up, what their work schedule's like, what they can eat on their off time, uh, what kind of uh, uh, exercises they have to do to prepare for the week. So, so, so I think that like the word realm kind of fits uh, maybe our, men, our brains not properly. So if we were to change the word realm in the passage for like coach or leader, um, let's, let's read chapter, uh, verse 9 together. So it says, You, however, 
are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. So the realm of the flesh being that, like the, 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 the rule of the bad coach, the one that kind of like lets you do pretty much whatever you want to do. The, the flesh being uh, a word that, that Paul uses to describe these urges, these human urges that we somehow can't seem to escape. Um, and, and he says in verse 9, you're not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So uh, Paul describes here how really there's two ways to live. And in the, way, the realm of the flesh is uh, a way of life where you essentially, or the flesh in your body, decides how things work decides, um, makes the decisions or encourages you to act in a certain way that is not good, that isn't the way of God. And here he says that in Jesus uh, and through the Spirit, we're pulled out of the realm of the flesh, and instead we have a new coach, uh, a new ruler in the Holy Spirit that counsels us, that comes alongside us, and gives us that advice we desperately need. And I think if you looked in that, that verse again, in verse 9, there's one word that I really think is huge, and that's the word belong. Because the one, people who live in the flesh don't belong to Christ, but living in the Spirit allows us to belong. Now, if I was to go to my, my local library and take out every single help, help, help like, or even to just you know, chapters over here, and just like go through the self-help section and start piling up and buying all those books, I'd probably end up having, you know, like on this stage, I could cover the stage with books probably. There's, there's so many out there. Um, now, the big difference about trying to be good or transformed for good with the books that the world gives us um, compared to what Christ is offering through this passage is that we have a coach, a ruler, a Holy Spirit who's directly interested in us. And that makes a big difference because um, none of those authors of any of those books are going to call you up to see how you're doing. None of them are directly invested in your change and in your transformation. None of them um, are, none of them tied on the cross for you. But we have a God who wants your good, who's working actively through the Holy Spirit at transforming you for the good that he wants you to, to be, wants to make you, what he wants to make you into. Um, that's a big, I think, game changer. The very same power that rose Jesus from the dead is actively inviting you to... In, to belong to him, to be in his kingdom, in his rule. And his spirit is working towards that in you. But I think there's a, another word that I think, um, um, that, that, that I think maybe troubles us when we read this passage. If you look in verse 10, it says, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. So it's talking again about our body being subject to death and what that means and our body wasting away and, and, and us not being, you know, changed and perfect at, the, at this moment and the Spirit being that transformation. But I think the word that I think troubles a lot of people when they read this passage is the, is the if word. 
But if Christ is in you, if, how can I know if the Spirit of God lives in me? It's a big question. And, and we're very analytical, and, and a lot of us have these questions of like, am I living in the Spirit? Am I not? What, what is that like? How do I know? How can I know if, if, if Christ is in me? If I just go talk to Nathan after, after the gathering, can he tell me? Like, I can't. I can't know necessarily by looking at you if the Spirit is in you or not. In some churches, they'll, they'll try to point you back to a kind of like emotional, spiritual experience where uh, for some reason you just felt this emotional, powerful experience of the Holy Spirit entering you, kind of like we saw in Pentecost with the uh, flames of fire and people speaking in tongues. And, and in some churches, that is an experience of the Holy Spirit. And um, that could be how you would know. But then the next day when you're going to, to work and you have a donut in the morning, like, do you know that this is the Holy Spirit inviting you to go to Tim Hortons? Like, do you, like how, is there a way to know? Um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an idea behind um, the Holy Spirit that w- we have to kind of reconcile ourselves with, that it's hard to know sometimes if Christ is in us or not. And I, I, I know that some churches have been really guilty of pl- applying the pressure there and saying, well, have you been full of the Holy Spirit? And they've given this, this impression that if you, that, that, that if you haven't had this like, high emotional spiritual experience, you're not a true Christian yet. If, that, if the church has ever done that to you, forgive us. We're really sorry. That's not from Scripture. Um, instead, um, what we have in Scripture, what Paul has given us, is a, is, is a series of clues um, some, some, he calls it the fruit of the Spirit. These things that the Spirit brings out in us as Jesus works in us over time. Um, it, you can find them in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. There's a, a whole list uh, of, of what, what they're called fruits of the Spirit. Things that the Spirit, if the Spirit's been working in your heart, start appearing more and more in your life. And those, those, uh, those indicators, these, these spiritual indicators, this is what the coach that the Holy Spirit is, if you're in the realm of the Spirit, this is what the coach brings out in you. And those things are love, um, joy, peace, patience. It's a big one, right, parents? Kindness, goodness, very general but big idea, and faithfulness, That's, which is huge, I think. So the long-term effect of the Spirit, faithfulness. And if we start seeing these indicators in, in bigger and bigger um, amounts in our life, I think we can see that God is doing something, that Jesus is pulling you towards something through the Holy Spirit living in you. The very same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is working at building these things in you. I mean, and I don't want you guys to understand me wrong here. It's not like you can't find people outside of the church that are loving. I don't think it's possible to find people that are, um, that, that are like, I would, I'd be wrong to say that you can't find good people outside of the church or, or loving people or patient people. A lot of them might be more patient than me uh, or even faithful people. But key indicator in the spiritual growth that we see in the church is that this is something that grows in us by the Holy Spirit. 
And, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit is already working and preparing even these people outside of the church, preparing their hearts uh, to, 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 to live in love and peace and patience and faithfulness and goodness. It's something that God might be working in them and preparing them to come into the realm of the Spirit. So, so, there, so we don't really know. It's mysterious how the Spirit works. But we do know that God in the church works in us to draw um, this, this out, to bring us into uh, a life that's more like this. I mean, the world longs for this. I mean, just last year, there was a, a pop song that was really popular where uh, there was a singer, a guy from Toronto, I think, who's talking about like, uh, wanting to be a better man. He wants to go to church more often, wants to call his mom. You guys know the song? If not, look it up. It's, it's there. I'm not going to sing it for you. I've, it's, that's not... I, I think that would just lose all our views, pretty much, if I started singing. But, um, but you know, we, we, the world longs for that kind of good, that kind of growing in love and joy and peace and patience and goodness. And Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, puts us in uh, this relationship with him where he is directly invested in transforming, um, in, in transforming us in that direction. And um, I have one last idea, but as, as I bring it forward, I'm going to invite the band to start coming back up. Um, so, so the main key idea that I want to get at, and I, I've been trying to, to repeat in, mul- in different ways, is that the spirit of him, that is God the Father, the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And ultimately, the question I want us to kind of answer in this moment as you think of your own spiritual walk and where you're at, is what does that mean that Jesus is living in you? How can I know if the Spirit is in me? If um, you believe that, that the Spirit of Christ is living in you, I hope that that brings you a new feeling of hope. The things that you've been struggling with for your entire life, or for a very long time, or the thing that seems overwhelming right now, or uh, unbearable, or uh, the, the, the good you've been wanting to have in your life but have never been able to attain. Know that the one who rose Jesus from the dead is working alongside you to get there. And it might not be well you are alive at this moment, that it happens. Maybe it'll be as, uh, as you age, maybe it'll be, uh, God, God might, might be a short-term, medium-term, or long-term plan for God, but we don't know exactly his timing, but we do know that he is working with you and in you. And he's working to bring that real change. And if you want to know that, Part of it is, is in particular, if you haven't made that decision or those steps to, to, to decide to let God into your life in that way, if you haven't um, given you, you know, entered the realm of the Spirit by saying, Jesus, be my king, then it's certain that, that, that you may, might not have that experience yet. And you're invited, even as of today, to, to just pray and ask God to come and to, to, be along, to come alongside you and to forgive you your sins and to, and to be... Uh, his, your, your ruler and your Lord. It's a decision that even we as Christians need to make daily as we remind ourselves that we want to live in the realm of the Spirit, to just trust God in that. Um, 
part of maybe a response to that to, to this is, is baptism. A lot of um, uh, a lot of the writings in the New Testament talk about uh, a reaction to um, to being uh, um, brought into the family of God and, and to receive the Spirit. Often, baptism is the step that leads you to that. Uh, if you look at, at a lot of what you see in the New Testament, is, is people are baptized and then the Holy Spirit comes on them. And baptism is, a, is an act of obedience that is kind of like your entryway into the family of the church. And if you haven't been baptized yet, it's something to consider, something to talk, to, to write us at, at contact, uh, one of our contact uh, emails, and, and just kind of get, get a hold of us and, uh, and, and to start this dialogue of, hey, am I ready for this? I'm ready to, to enter into this, this family of, of believers. We also, God also encourages us by the Spirit to be together with one another. But... Um, Whatever the next step is, I don't know it, but the Spirit might be putting it on your heart right now. And if there is a nudge that you're feeling, that might not be from you. That might be your coach, the Spirit of Christ, inviting you to, to do that next step, to go that a little bit deeper. Let me just pray a word of blessing. Lord, you um, invite us uh, to bring all of ourselves not just the Sunday morning part of ourselves, but all of ourselves to you. As we um, go forward into this week, Lord, bring, uh, bring us into the realm of the Spirit. Help us see um, what, what you want us to work on in our lives. Help us understand the grace and forgiveness that comes with you. That we no longer belong to those ways that once held us prisoner. Help us go forward as people who live in the image of your son, Jesus, um, moving in the power of your spirit into our neighborhood, into our networks. Blessings on this church, God, called by your name in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace. Peace.